Hey everyone, and welcome to SermonCast, a Cheyenne Hills podcast where you can find the message portion of our services each week. We hope this gives you the opportunity to better digest the teaching portion of our services, whether listening to them again or hearing them for the first time. There are so many lies that mothers often believe. But the truth will set you free. I'm exhausted, but getting absolutely nothing done. I swear I do dishes and laundry and all of those things, but it's like I go in endless, meaningless circles. The dishes, the laundry, somebody's hungry. The dishes, the laundry, somebody's always hungry. (laughs) Meaningless circles. The truth is, raising our next generation of believers is never meaningless. But the lie is, it feels like no one sees the work that I do. Those dishes I was just talking about, yeah, I do them, but somehow the sink is never empty. And all of that laundry, the baskets are like a smelly, bottomless pit. And admittedly, I've just given up on the floors altogether because the second I get them clean is the second somebody spills something or trapes mud through the house, and it just feels like I jinx myself. But the truth is, God sees the hidden things. He knows the work we do. But the lie is. And the bathroom, it's so frustrating. I clean it, but then at the end of every day, it's no longer clean. I mean, do people get toothpaste? in their mouths in my home. (laughs) But the truth is, having a clean bathroom is not a commandment. Oh, but the lie is. And I'm alone. I mean, I'm never, ever alone. Never alone. But sometimes I feel lonely. I used to have more time for girls night out, for my husband. But now sometimes at the end of the day, I just can feel lonely. Yeah. But the truth is, you are never truly alone. God is always there for you. Yes, but the lie is. And I love being a mom 23 hours and 45 minutes out of every single day. But then there's the 15 minutes that I'm just really tired of diapers. I'm really tired of the mundane. I mean, I went to college, I have a degree, I was on the dean's list, I was good at, I am good at marketing, and people used to call me to offer me jobs. It's not that season of my life right now, though. Right now, the only time I get called is when a butt needs wiping or somebody's screaming their head off because they just got hurt. And she did it, or he did it, but nobody really did it. They really, they all did it. I just don't know who I am anymore. I know. But the truth is... We are not defined by how clean our house is, by how well we prepare a meal, or even how notable our profession is. We are defined by God who created us. Yes, but the lie is... But it feels like it's never going to be enough. I just, I don't have anything more to give. I'm, I'm never going to be enough. But the truth is... You're never enough. But you're not supposed to be. God is enough, and he has equipped you for this purpose at this time, in this place, for these children. And God is enough. Moms, don't believe the lies. You, and all of you, 
shall be free in the truth. Twelve-year-old Daniel asked his mom, why did you tell the truth? Was all this worth it? You see, his mom, Sima, was a physician and his dad was a dentist and they lived in this big, beautiful home with uh, a fountain and cattle and family around them in Iran. But one day they were invited to go to a wedding in England and it was there at the church at the wedding that they heard about Jesus. And Sima became a believer and asked Jesus to be his, her Lord and Savior. So they, when they went back to Iran, uh, Sima put a cross up on her car, the rear view uh, mirror. And someone gave her, a, put a note on her car and said, you better take that cross down. So she took her little metal cross down and she put up this big, huge cross where she could hardly see throughout the, the front window. One day when she was, uh, when she was, well, she also connected with the underground church there. One day she was out doing some grocery shopping and some men grabbed her, threw her in a van and took her to a house in an undisclosed situation. And there they asked her, uh, do you believe in Jesus? And she said, yes. They asked her, they said, uh, will you renounce your faith? She said, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they asked again, well, we need to know the names of the pastor and the other members of the underground church. And she refused to do that. Now, Daniel writes in his book that his mom never really said all that happened there when she was kidnapped. But what he does remember is that when she got home, she started packing her bags and she told the kids to pack their bags because they were gonna have to leave. And the dad says, well, what are you doing? And she said, they gave me one week that if I don't disclose the people in this church, they're going to kill all of us. And the dad was like, well, they're not going to do that. And Seema was like, we're packing our bags. So they, uh, the dad drove them out to the airport and through just a series of really miraculous God events, uh, Seema and her two children, Daniel and Dina, got on a flight to Dubai and from there, they went to Italy. They spent a year there. They did a bunch of paperwork, worked with the embassy. And eventually, they were sponsored and landed in Oklahoma. And Daniel writes, I looked different. I smelled different. I ate different foods. I talked different. It was awful living in Oklahoma. And so he asks his mom, why did you have to tell the truth? Was all of this worth it? Because Sima was no longer a physician. She had to grab another job. No longer did they live in this big, beautiful house. They lived in this little, tiny apartment. No longer were they with their friends and family, but they were in a new country with new cultures. And it was really tough. And he wanted an answer. Is it worth it to tell the truth? Why would you do that? I remember my mom telling me and my siblings, uh, you need to tell the truth 
because if I find out that you've lied, there's going to be some painful consequences to that. I think that I've tried to tell my kids also that it's so important to be honest, to be truthful. Um, it, there's, a, there's a benefit to being truthful. However, Dr. Courtney Warren, a psychologist and researcher on self-deception, says humans are really good at lying. We lie to ourselves. We fool ourselves into believing things are false and we refuse to acknowledge things that are true. We humans are also really good at lying to others. Take a look at these kids here. Aren't they cute? They're beautiful. They look so innocent. They're happy. They're adorable. And they're liars. Every single one of them are liars. So this study that this uh, counselor did shows that we begin to learn to lie when we're as young as two to three years old. So the, a kid will take your last cookie and then smile and lie about it. It's also estimated that 60% of adults can't have a 10-minute conversation without telling at least one lie. We lie about, uh, to save our faith. We lie to protect our reputation. We lie to shift blame so we don't have to take the responsibility. We lie to avoid confrontation because we don't want anyone mad at us. We lie to get our way. We lie to manipulate other people so that we can come out on top. We lie to be nice because we think that people aren't going to want to hear the truth. We lie to make ourselves feel better. Because if we know the truth, we're going to have to make a choice. And if we make a choice, then we are responsible for that choice. So why should we tell the truth? And is it worth it? Well, I want us to focus on a piece of scripture from Proverbs, Proverbs 8. And this was written by um, the wisest man ever. His name was Solomon. And so he writes, uh, and he's talking about wisdom, but he connects wisdom and truthfulness here in this passage. And it says, Here, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you, ha all that you may desire cannot compare with her. So I just kind of imagine that Solomon being so wise, he understood the struggle with deception with lying to myself and lying to others. And I just imagine him kind of putting his arm around this and say, man, I'm going to tell you straight. You've got to be a truth teller. If you lie, if you twist your words, man, it is, it's going to cost you something. If you're a truth teller, it's going to be more precious to yourself and others than all the riches in the world. Now, I want to go back and kind of unpack some of this a little bit. Um, you know, when he talks about, uh, verse 7, he talks about, my mouth will utter truth. 
And that truth there is really important. Uh, if you remember last week, Galen talked about truth uh, being a reality. This is a little different. This truth means that it's a reliability of divine instruction. So we're putting ourselves under divine instruction, and it's, it's this religious knowledge. Uh, he says that my mouth will speak the truth. It will utter truth. And this verb is really interesting because it, on the surface, it looks like, you know, I'm just talking. I'm just uttering stuff. But really, it has a meaning that this speaking comes from something way down deep. We've meditated on truth. It's become part of who we are. And so when we're, when we're uttering truth, when we're speaking truth, first, we've got to speak it to ourselves. He goes on and, and he just, he contrasts speaking truth with speaking lies. So he, he talks about how important it is to speak righteousness, fair and balanced. So Fox News didn't come up with that on their own. Fair and balanced is what Solomon says. He says, I'm going to talk to you straight. There's nothing twisted. So there's a contrast between telling the truth and speaking lies. And it's really important. So I just think that here Solomon is, is challenging us. Man, you've got to speak the truth. You've got to meditate on the truth so that you can tell the truth to yourself and you can tr tell the truth to others. I was running the other day and I was thinking about this, Solomon writing this, because to me, he is so direct. He's so passionate. And again, you know, he, he was the wisest man ever, but I started thinking about his family history. And there were some dark skeletons in his family history. Um, if you know or if you remember, King David was his dad. And one year, he sent all, King David sent all the warriors out to fight the battle, and he stayed behind. And it was during this time he has started having an affair with Bathsheba. Eventually, Bathsheba became pregnant and this must have just made the inward part of David just crumble with fear because he had a reputation not only as king, but as someone who believed in the God of Israel. And so he thought, how am I going to get out of this? What am I going to do? So he concocted a plan to bring Uriah home. And so he tells Uriah, you know, you deserve a vacation. Come back home, uh, enjoy the, the food uh, that your wife's going to prepare, enjoy being with your wife. And he thought maybe that would solve the problem. But Uriah, being an upstanding man, he was like, I can't enjoy good food. I can't enjoy being with my wife when my soldiers are out in battle. So he slept on the, in the doorway. And David panicked. He's like, oh my gosh, how am, how am I going to cover up what I've done? How am I going to save face? So he made another plan and he thought, well, maybe I'll just put Uriah at the front of the battle and let things take its natural course. And sure enough, Uriah was killed. David had this self-deception, and it, it showed in his poor decision-making how he manipulated, how he dealt with his conflict skills. Just kill him? Really? He was deceived by his pride and power. He was like, I am the king, and I can get away with this. This is what happens when we deceive ourselves. But Bathsheba also lost her husband, and eventually, she lost her baby. 
And so she also suffered at the hands of deception. So as I'm running along, I'm thinking about her as a mother. How did all of this lies and deception affect her as she brought up Solomon? How did this story, which I'm sure was whispered around the palace, how did that affect Solomon? I, it's a rhetorical question. I don't really know, but I would imagine it did. And that's why he comes in so strongly with telling the truth versus telling the lies. I just loved this drama that happened today. I don't know about you, but I have, I've lived that. I've understood what it means to feel like no one notices what you're doing. All the laundry and the, the feeding of the, the kids and cleaning up the house, how it can really feel like that's what defines us and you feel alone. I did learn something new today that cleaning the bathroom is not a commandment, so I feel good about that. But it's so easy to let these lies creep in to um, our self-talk. And so when we tell ourselves the truth, it's so important to be able to figure out what is true and what is lies. Telling myself the truth didn't just end at motherhood. A few days ago, I was flipping through a Bible and I had marked on there uh, April 24th, 2020, 40 days in quarantine. Now, I don't know what it was like for you, but I was all alone in my little house. I was working from home, and it was no one but me and my dog um, for over 40 days until Mother, Mother's Day when my girls came up to see me. And I dealt with these thoughts, like, I'm going to die all alone. No one's going to find my dead body for weeks. <laughs> Bella, my dog, will be so sad. Bella, my dog, is going to be so hungry, and she's going to eat me. Or, you know, I started thinking because I was a trainer and so a lot of my trainings were canceled because we were just trying to keep employees engaged. And so I just thought, oh my gosh, my company's going to figure out that I'm unimportant and that I'm not valuable and they're going to fire me and then I'm going to starve and die and then Bella, my dog, is going to get hungry and eat me. The truth is, my dog, Bella, she is more interested in pizza or sausage than any body part that I may have. But when you live in these lies, when these lies circulate in your brain, it's like a playlist on shuffle mode. A different lie for a different day, a different lie for a different moment. And it circles around and you start living that out you see that your life can become unproductive and almost imprisoned by lies, by that playlist that goes over and over with you. Either, it, either you kind of become imprisoned by it and you won't move, or you are determined to prove it wrong. And so you go overboard to prove that you're valuable. You go overboard to show that you're not alone. Maybe you go overboard to try to put, put yourself in a place where you are on top and that you're going to win. Have you ever sang a song over and over and then discover you're singing the wrong lyrics? <laughs> yeah. So this is going to date me a little bit, 
But when I was growing up, there was this song and it would go, if you like pina coladas, you know, take a walk in the rain or something like that. Well, I thought it said, if you like being enchiladas. And so I would just sing that. Now, if you knew my Hispanic background, you would understand that being enchiladas makes more sense. Uh, in between services, it was really funny because someone told me they thought it was cheese enchiladas. So there you go. I'm not sure the vocalist sang very clearly. Uh, there was another song where it said, I'm not talking about moving in, but I thought it said, I'm not talking about uh, the linen. And sure enough, someone said they thought the same thing. Uh, recently, I was singing a song that I heard on Caleb. It was a worship song. And I come in here and we're singing away and I'm reading the words on the bottom of the screen and I realized I had gotten that lyric wrong. So obviously this shows you that you don't want me as a partner on Name That Tune because if I don't know the lyrics, I'm just going to make it up. I'm just going to make it up. And that's what we do with truth. When we're telling ourselves the truth, we may not know the whole lyric and we'll make something up to fit our situation. And that's why it's so important that when we want to tell ourselves the truth, that we really evaluate what, what is it that I'm telling myself? Is it really the truth? When we're putting together a truth playlist and singing the correct words is telling yourself the truth. And the longer that I walk with Jesus, the longer that I pray and have a relationship with him, the longer that I read the scriptures I recognize where that playlist has to come from. That we also struggle with knowing what's truth and knowing what's lies. You see, we toggle back and forth between there's this tension within us. We struggle with this deceitful heart. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. We have a deceitful heart, so man, just like the psychologist found, we're so it's so easy for us to deceive ourselves. But we also have a new heart. In 2 Corinthians 5:17 it says therefore if anyone is in Christ, if anyone believes in Christ, he is a new creation. So we have these playlists going on in our brains. And whichever playlist we listen to the most is going to determine how we live our lives, how productive our life is. So when we are seeking truth, when we're seeking this pod list, where do we go? You know, I go to Spotify. I know some people like Apple. I think Pandora is still around. But Jesus says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And this truth is, uh, Galen mentioned this last week, this truth is different than the truth that we read in Proverbs. This truth is a word, aletheia, that says, um, it is divine truth revealed to man. It is reality. Jesus gives us reality. He gives us the truth. So when we're looking at these playlists of telling ourselves the truth and telling others the truth, it's important where we're getting our truth from. It's important to where we're plugging into and how we get that new playlist. So when I was in that long stretch of time all by myself in quarantine, you heard 
how I spiraled. I could easily spiral out in the fears and the lies that I was telling myself. And so I was like, I've, I've got to figure this out. If I'm going to survive this, I've got to figure out how to get a new playlist that's going to enable me to live a full, abundant life. So I started searching the scriptures, and one um, was where I had written that note beside Psalm 57.1. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful, for you, my soul, takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I read that over and over and over. I also every day read Psalm 90 and it's the same idea of God protecting us under his wings and how he is going to protect us when the enemies come against us, how we will be the ones standing. I started to recognize the lies that I was telling myself and replacing them with truth because John 8:32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It, when we are in self-deception, when we are dishonest with ourselves, we are imprisoned. Jesus' truth sets us free. So I began adding and creating a new playlist. And it had to do with scriptures that I found that says, he sees me. He knows me. God has a plan and purpose for my life. I may be doing the Zoom thing, but he knows what's going on. I'm beautiful to him. I'm lovely. I am loved by him. I'm not forgotten or alone. I am his workmanship. He's created me for such a time as this. I am his child. He's going to lovingly protect me and carry me through. I had to begin replacing those lies and those fears with the truth. And this playlist will override and delete or confront that playlist of, of lies. You know how sometimes when you listen to a song over and over, you play it by heart? Or I remember I was in piano lessons and I would play and play and play a song till I could play it by heart. That's what this playlist will do for you when it's founded on the truth of Jesus and the Bible. You begin to know it by heart and living that out, you will make a difference. You will also be able to see those deceptions when they start to creep in. When we play it by heart, we become a new heart, a new person, and I'm able to live with that, uh, with that, that confine of speaking the truth to myself. And when we speak the truth to ourselves, when we understand who we are in Jesus, it makes it so much more powerful when we tell others the truth. It makes it easier for us to be honest and authentic and real because we know who Jesus made us to be. I know that when we talk about telling others the truth, a lot of you are like, ah, it's scary. I don't know that I like to do that. When we tell others the truth, we fear that they're not going to like us. We fear we may say something that may end the relationship. Maybe we're scared of telling others the truth because we don't like conflict. We know what their position is and we're afraid they're going to be angry with us. Maybe we, we are scared to do uh, telling the truth because we just want people to like us. So we're just going to adapt to anything that they like. But here's the cost of not telling others the truth. Here's the cost when we are dishonest. 
in Proverbs 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. When we're not honest with ourselves or with others, God does not look on that favorably. When we're able to tell ourselves and tell the truth to be an honest person, God blesses that. God applauds that. He's excited that you're able to do that. Here's some other warnings against uh, lying. Jeremiah 9.5 says, They all fool and defraud each other. No one tells the truth. With practiced tongues, they tell lies. They wear themselves out all the day long. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, put away falsehood. Let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members with one another. When we're honest and truthful, we bring our whole selves to the group, and there's benefits of that. When we don't, a lot of times we're participating in their own self-deception. Our truthfulness can make a change in someone else. So when we are telling others the truth, it's like we're sharing our playlist with other people. Just the other day, my daughter uh, sent me the, a playlist she shared. It was all these great uh, country western um, uh, country singers, female singers, and it was just, they were just great. I think a couple of years ago, Kenny White created a playlist for Easter, and everyone got to put in their favorite song for Easter and shared it out to us. When we are honest and authentic with others, that's what we're doing. We're sharing this playlist with people. We're showing, uh, you know, where our truth comes from and why we stand on that. So it takes courage. It takes courage to tell the truth. When we're being honest, it, there's a wide spectrum of things. Sometimes we're just being honest about how we like our eggs cooked. Sometimes we're being honest with just the color of truck that we like. But sometimes there's more at stake. Maybe it's telling someone that you're concerned about their lifestyle. Maybe it's talking to a child that you're concerned about the friends they're hanging about with. Maybe you're talking to a friend or family and, and you can see that some of the friends they're associated with is, is, is detri detrimental to them. So telling the truth has a wide spectrum. But one thing I know is that whenever we tell the truth, it's so good to tell it with compassion. So I, I was thinking, how did Jesus tell the truth? The whole Bible is filled with ways that he went and told the truth. And I don't have time to cover it now, so I hope you'll go back and read it. But uh, I want to share two stories. One is about the rich young ruler in Mark 10 and the Samaritan woman in John 4. And both of these situations, Jesus tells the truth. But he's so good at it. Uh, with the rich young ruler... He comes and he says, man, you know, how, how can I get to heaven? What, what do I got to do? And Jesus tells him the facts and he can see that it's really bothering this man. And he had compassion for him. He had compassion for him. And he went ahead and he told him the truth. But the rich young ruler, his heart wasn't changed. No matter, Jesus told him the truth, but his heart didn't change. In the second story of the Samaritan, there were some racial tensions there. And you can see that Jesus engages with her, just says, hey, I'd like to give you something. Can you give me some water? And he continues to talk with her because she's defensive. She doesn't feel safe with him. And he just, he keeps talking and assuring her. And pretty soon she feels safe enough to kind of open her heart 
and say, and admit the truth. Yep, I've had seven husbands. And he begins to tell her, I can change, I can change your life. And her heart changes. She's so excited. She goes back and tells the whole town. So sometimes when we tell the truth, just like what Jesus did, sometimes the people we talk to, their heart may not change. They may go away not believing what you said. Sometimes we will tell the truth to other people and their heart is ready and they're open and they will make a change. But either way, our responsibility is just to tell the truth. God's responsibility is to change hearts. A few uh, years ago, I had a really good friend and she was making some life choices that were really concerning me. And I knew I needed to tell her the truth. And I didn't really want to because we'd been friends for so long, I was scared that she'd be mad at me. I uh, was scared that she would call me a you know, Bible thumper or something. So I prayed a lot about it and eventually I said, hey, can we talk? And we sat down and I you know, told her, I said, you know what, you know I love you. We've been friends for a long time. I really care about you. I wanted to set that straight. And then I asked her some facts. So is this what you're doing? Is this is what you're thinking about doing? She said, yes, yes. It's so important to check the facts because have you ever tried to listen to a song on Spotify and you have to listen to two or three other songs before they, you finally get to the song that you want? And sometimes when we go into telling the truth, we don't have all the facts. There's little details that we've missed. And so I asked her, this is what you're doing. This is what you're believing. This is what you're doing. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, this is how it impacts me. This is, I've looked up to you and this is how I see the situation. And I started asking her some questions. How does this affect your relationship with God? How is what your behavior is doing? How is that affecting uh, your kids? Or um, even, you know, what the Bible says about how to have an abundant life. Her heart didn't change. She went away. But I knew that before God, I was supposed to do that. I knew I was supposed to tell her the truth. So telling others the truth, um, we can learn a lot from Jesus. And he engaged people. I think I have a slide up here. Jesus told them by engaging. You've got to have a relationship with people. Have compassion. Show them your heart. Build trust and safety. Let them speak. Ask them questions. And then... Tell them what you believe and why you believe that this is the truth. I think this is a great thing as we try to tell others the truth. Part of telling the truth isn't just about coming with this truth stick to kind of hit someone over the head. Sometimes telling the truth is confessing, is recognizing the truth is I messed up. I love it. You know, the rest of the story with David and Bathsheba is that um, God sent um, his, the prophet Nathan and Nathan confronted him with the truth through this beautiful story. And Psalm 51, David tells himself the truth and he also tells God the truth. He says, I am wrong. I messed up. Forgive me. Help me have a fresh start. Create in me a clean heart. Put a new song in my life. Part of telling the truth to others is to admit when you're wrong. 
to say, man, I messed up. I think as a mom, as a parent, um, I've messed up. I remember uh, telling my kids often, man, I did the best I could. I know I've messed up, but I want you to understand how hard I tried. I know that it's really good that if, if you have uh, offended your kids, it's so good to come to them and confess, I was irritable. I lost my temper because that shows them that telling the truth is good. Telling the truth is being honest and that you can confess to them and it shows them that they can tell the truth and confess and ask for, for forgiveness from other people. So why should we tell the truth? And is it worth it? Well, as we look at the, the bottom, the, the last few verses of the Proverbs 8 passage, again, he's, he's talking about, listen to my instruction about telling the truth because it's more valuable than silver. It's more valuable than gold. It's more uh, valuable than any jewels out there. So when 12-year-old Daniel asked his mom, why did you tell the truth? Is it worth it? She emphatically told him, I had to tell the truth because it's true. I, had the, I was presented with this choice about who Jesus was, and I made a choice to follow him because it's true. And I take responsibility for that. Daniel writes in his book that his mom was like this unstoppable Oklahoma tornado. She searched for truth. She lived by truth. She was an example of telling the truth for Daniel and his sister Dina. Seema's playlist was shared with her children. And they were eternally affected by it. So what will you give your children? I know all of us want to give the best to our kids. We want to make sure they're financially set. We want to make sure that they're well-educated. But I'll tell you, the more important thing is, is whether they learn to tell themselves the truth and be able to be honest and open and tell others the truth. They're watching. They're listening to your playlist. They're observing of what you're telling yourself because you're living it out with them. They're going to observe whether you tell little white lies to other people, to friends, or whether you are honest and compassionate and, and authentic to other people. They're watching to see that if you tell the truth, whether it's important and whether it matters. So what playlist are you listening to? Do you hear? It's kind of a mashup of the deceit and the, and the truth. Which playlist are you going to invest in? Which playlist are you going to intentionally create for yourself so that you can live the, the, the life uh, of freedom in Christ? Are you going to listen to that playlist that says, I'm alone, God doesn't see me, I don't matter, I don't know who I am? Are you going to be able to create a playlist of God, is, God has gifted me with these things. God loves me. He sees me. He's doing something in me. I'm going to pray for us as we close this service. Father, I just, I know that um, so many of us here come in with this, this tune, with this song that plays over and over. 
And Father, I pray that you would just break through that, all those lies, that we would know the truth of how you see us. I pray that we would be able to face up to some hard truths that are going to demand that we make choices. But Father, I know that that truth is going to set us free. It's going to keep us from being imprisoned. Father, I pray that you would create a new heart in each one of us, that we would be open, honest, authentic, that you would be pleased with how we love others in the truth. Father, I just pray that um, as we go and we mingle with friends and family this afternoon, Lord, that we would just bring our true selves there, that we would enjoy each other. Um, Father, I just pray that if there's some truth that needs to be confronted, that, Lord, you would give us the courage and compassion to do that. Thank you so much for Jesus, who is the truth, whose, whose truth sets us free. And I pray all of this in the, his powerful name. Amen.